Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, flow, freedom, agorism, anarchy, and more. Our mission is to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. I'm your host, Mike the Polymath Whistler, coming from the Easy Peasy Shop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 45 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. You know, I I just felt the need to do a follow-up to my last episode. This will be my first part one, part two kind of set up here, but... The truth is I've, I've continued to think and to process and to, and to research and to seek out more information on this subject, you know, specifically speaking the Kyle Rittenhouse case and I said something in the last episode that I that I kind of I need to I need to address, right? I I said how this case is essentially meaningless. But then later on I said this stuff is important. You know, it can't be both. Which is it? Is it Is it meaningless or is it important? You know, it's... It's partly my desire to... Label this whole... This whole fucking political circus... As essentially meaningless because it helps me to move on from it, but... I don't think that's the correct assessment. You know, I think this whole situation, the reason that it has the the nation's attention is because it touches on some very core issues. And it's hard to express how I feel about this subject matter because as I said in the last episode I can easily put myself in the shoes of Kyle Rittenhouse 
you know, I had behaved in similar ways for similar reasons. But I wasn't lying, you know. It's it's funny, I had to go back and listen to that previous episode myself and hear my own words and you know, because this this is something I've been trying to make sense of for myself for over a year. Due to the nature of my, you know, I hesitate to say participation, but at the very least my presence at the riots two summers ago. You know, I... I have had to rationalize what the hell was I doing there. And the story of Kyle Rittenhouse is in many ways an example of how badly things could have gone for me had things gone differently. And it's easiest for me to put myself in the position of Kyle, but what I realized today is due to the nature of my sympathy, which was, which was in many ways not restricted to any given group during the riots. You know, my sympathies were broad. I could see many people's points of view. But what I realized today is that not only could I have been Kyle Rittenhouse, I could have been Gage Grosskreutz just as easily. You know, that's the guy who survived who testified, who got half his bicep blown off by Kyle's AR-15. The guy who had a Glock in his hand and pointed it at Kyle. You know, I, I'm realizing, given the fact that I... I put myself in a chaotic position... I'm starting to realize I could have been either of those guys. Now, bear with me as I try to explain this thought. You know, the whole thing is these guys both went to the protests armed with firearms and with medical kits. You know, Kyle wasn't exactly participating in the protest. He was more providing security for a local business from what I've heard versus Gage, who was very much with the protests. In this way, I am more similar to Gage, given that while I was there, I did participate in the protesting, you know, before it turned riots, 
And I've had a very hard time explaining why I am sympathetic to the rioters because I do acknowledge that those actions are wrong. But I was there and I I felt the energy around me. And I know how this situation became so seductive. I think we all kind of sit back and play armchair quarterback and we pick apart these situations. But after having been in this kind of setting, I know how the chaos is like a drug. And I think certain people are attracted to the chaos. And I think Kyle Rittenhouse is one of these people. I think I am one of these people. You know, it's probably why I like motorcycles and mountain climbing. And, you know, certain people are attracted to danger. You see? And our actions are primarily guided by our beliefs, you know, sort of our, our framework that we, that we carry in with us to these situations. And I'm, I'm trying to point out that there's really not that much difference between gauge gross, gross, Groskits? How do you say that? Um, Goddamn. Groskreutz? I think that's right. There's not much difference between him and Kyle Rittenhouse. They both were there with the intention of, you know, providing some level of security and possibly medical aid. You know, the, the, the shame of the whole thing is that the circumstance and the chaos of it all and the the anger in the atmosphere is the only reason they found each other at opposite ends of their weapons, right? The only reason they pointed their guns at one another is because of the insanity the chaos around them now I I use that word chaos knowing that in the past I have recognized that I in some ways am an advocate for chaos you know as a dualistic thinker I believe that that what we need is a balance between chaos and order that with too much of either one, bad things happen. Now, I suppose that's my point, is during these periods of time, I was seduced. I was intoxicated by the chaos. And I'm grateful that I had my framework, my judgment, to guide me in those moments. You know, I did not commit any atrocities, any criminal acts. I did not loot 
or steal or burn or break a single thing. You know, I sat on my motorcycle the entire time, damn near. Whenever I was at these protests, these riots, you know, I, I was there to see and to be. You know, I couldn't help myself. You're, you can judge me if you like. That's fine. Was it wise? Hell no. Would I do it again? Probably. It was seductive. It was intoxicating. And I think that's part of why both of these men were down there. Now the, now the real bummer of it all is that really they, they had no need to be enemies. You know, to me, whenever I've talked about the, the riots, you know, in hindsight, I'm almost ashamed that I have downplayed them in any way because it is a true tragedy for anyone who lost a business or a life. You know, people died for, for nothing. That's why I brought up this whole thing about is it meaningless or does it matter? And it's it's interesting to note, you know, this whole Rittenhouse case. It's interesting to note that the three guys who got shot all had criminal records. You know, they couldn't use that to influence the, the jurors in this trial because it's not exactly relevant to the moment, you know, to the exact instance, right? These guys' pasts have nothing to do with whether or not Kyle was justified in shooting them. But clearly these are individuals who who went towards the chaos instead of away from it, right? And as I said, I think Kyle must be one of these people too. He went towards the chaos. Now, I'll give him some credit. In fact, I will say that in some ways, I think Kyle was braver and more principled in what he was doing there than I was. I was there out of a dark curiosity, a morbid desire to witness the carnage myself. I will admit that. You know, I wanted to see what people are capable of. And I wanted to watch the dynamic unfold. I kind of knew, you know, even the f before there were, you know, it's like before the first instance of rioting took place here in Indianapolis, I had a sense that that was where it was going. I knew that there had already been riots in Chicago and Los Angeles, and you could almost taste it in the air. I didn't want to be a part of it, but I didn't want to be, I wanted to see it, you know. I didn't want to 
do it, but I wanted to see it. That's not exactly, it's not exactly good. You know, in some ways, I think I might have contributed just with my presence, right? But again, this is what I'm talking about. I'm trying to make sense of what I did and what I saw. And this Rittenhouse trial has brought this all back up to the surface. And you know what I'm glad? It did. The question of, is it meaningless? Or is it important? I don't think this case is meaningless. You know, I went out to those protests and those riots carrying a weapon, putting myself in a similar position to what Kyle did, and nothing bad happened to me, thankfully. You know, when I said maybe Kyle was even more principled than I was or in a, you know, he, he was there to protect a specific piece of property. You know, I had it in my head that I was providing some level of security, perhaps, that by being there and bearing witness, that if, if, if something were to happen in front of me, perhaps I could intervene but it's like I, I saw the comic book store getting looted and I didn't stop it. I would have been awful scared to try, frankly. You know, and I saw Target and CVS getting looted. And frankly, my initial thought was, oh, well, I don't really give a shit about that. But the, the, comic, book, the comic book stores struck a chord with me, knowing that that must be a local entrepreneur's livelihood. And it was clearly targeted because, you know, the right comic might be worth $10,000. So if you're going to break into some place, you know, I suppose that's not the worst place to start if you're an opportunist. And all of this is to say that You know, I was there with this intention of good, of being security of sorts and of being, again, I, you know, I have first aid training. Part of my rationale for being there was if somebody's hurt and I can help, you know, I'll, I'll do it. But frankly, my motivation for being there was way more about that dark curiosity You know, people are fucked up. We're, we're imperfect. You know, lawyers, guns, and money. It's like you wouldn't need any of those things if we were perfect. So it's a matter of can we understand one another? And anybody who's watched this trial closely should know by now that Kyle Rittenhouse is not a bad guy. You know, he was doing what he thought was best in a shit has hit the fan situation. 
just like I was doing what I thought was right by just being there. You know, I thought I was doing what was right for me because I wanted to see it because I wanted to know for myself. You know, I wanted to feel the energy of the crowd. I wanted to see how the police behaved. And I suppose while I'm on the subject, I will, I will say that I truly believe there might have been agent provocateurs that ignited those riots. I have no proof, but from what I saw, a lot of the first damage inflicted was done by somebody with a skateboard white skin and an XY chromosome you know that it's just a way to say somebody that could have been a fed because I've heard that same story told in a lot of cities about the first windows getting broken by a guy with a skateboard usually a white guy you know, I don't know. Was it a Fed? Was it... Who cares? I'm not trying to get off track here, but... Aside from that, you know, in terms of police response, it's like there was very little effort made to de-escalate the situation from what I saw, right? It was rubber bullets and tear gas first to ask questions later. You know, I'm just trying to illustrate the scene, right? Because so many people make a snap judgment about what happened. But it's more complicated. It's more chaotic. Really, in some ways, it's, it's senseless. And it's, you can't make sense of this situation because it was, it was insane. And it's, it's really our herd instincts that are driving us to do these things. We get upset as a herd. And next thing you know, you've got a stampede. I made this argument that, that at the moment, during that time, I said, this is ecosystem dynamics. You know, people are responding to their environment right now and their environment you know don't forget the context of those riots we were three or four months into lockdown and this issue of police brutality against african-american men had been building and building and building and you know in combination with this pent-up energy of lockdowns It was inevitable. It was not good, but it was an it was just bound to happen. It's like a freaking pressure release, right? It's like that safety valve blowing off steam. And it it really wasn't pretty. 
And I'm not trying to justify it or downplay it anymore. Because anybody that looted, anybody that rioted, anybody that stole or destroyed property or took life or injured another human, they should, they should have to face the consequences. They should be held accountable. Do not get me wrong. I'm simply trying to explain it for myself and for you. You know, from my experience during those protests turned riots, there were a lot of people on the sidelines, a lot of curious onlookers. You know, for every one rioter, there might have been 20 people just just fascinated with what they were seeing. You know, not going to interfere or it's like, it was it was a wild experience. Let me put it that way. It was people shedding their domestication in a not so productive way, let me say. But this is why it was intoxicating. This is why it was seductive. It was the realest thing I had experienced in my entire life. You know, I've been listening and reading into this subject of sort of making meaning out of life, right? Finding your life's meaning. It sounds like some sort of like cheesy self-help stuff, but the truth is this is an important question. And I think it's at the crux of our issue here. Is that so many people right now live without any sense of meaning or belonging. They have no purpose. You know, they feel like a zombie. You know, it's no it's no coincidence that zombie lore has been huge for the decades leading up to this period of time. I think we see ourselves in the zombie. This this living thing that's not quite alive, right? That's just moving and just going through motions mindlessly seeking out sustenance or, you know, just, you know, it's like the zombie has no purpose but to eat brains. God, I mean, I know the metaphors and the the analysis that should be done on the obsession with zombies, right? And I know it's being done. I've heard certain psychologists talk about this obsession this cultural obsession with zombies right and equally so with the superhero and it's it's interesting i think we're all we see ourselves as the zombie with the potential to be the superhero we're all living in this matrix right now 
this artificial landscape, this world that seems to be totally inundated with bullshit. You know, our our interactions so oftentimes are just so phony. And these structures around us feel phony. We watch the news and we know it's phony. So we feel like zombies. Just just going through the motions. But inside of us, we know that there is a purpose. We must have a purpose. You know, I'm, I might be a zombie, but I'm supposed to be Clark Kent, motherfucker. I'm supposed to be Peter Parker. You know, I'm supposed to be fucking Tony Stark over here, but I'm a goddamn zombie. What the fuck? So then something happens, like, say, George Floyd. You know, some some event occurs that that sparks our nation's emotions. And all of a sudden anybody that feels purposeless can find a purpose doing something, whether it be joining the cause or protecting a business from the, the potential dangers of this cause, of this movement, of this group of this riot you know I think the word riot it's a pretty good word you know pretty much sounds like what it is it's just an eruption an explosion and making sense of it is hard to do but I keep coming back to the story of Kyle Rittenhouse because you know, I have to I have to correct myself from my previous episode. I don't think this situation is meaningless. I think it's it's in fact quite meaningful. What it means in a practical sense. Because Kyle acted the way he did, and because the jury voted the way they did. If there are riots in the future, there will be thousands of people who, because of Kyle's story, will go out armed with the intent of protecting small businesses, which I think is good you know I think Kyle's story will embolden many of us many of us who might have stood on the sidelines during the last protest sort of watching and trying to understand and sympathizing even to the point of making fools of ourselves with people who would destroy and steal you know, frankly, in, 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 in hindsight, reflecting back, I almost wish I had been so clear in my purpose as to have been the guy who might have stood in front of that poor comic book store 
and said, nope, not this one. You know, if you want to go loot CVS or Target, but not here, not this store. This store, you're going to have to go through me. Because frankly, I was out there without a whole lot of purpose. I was out there looking for purpose, as I imagine most everyone there was. We were all looking for meaning, and we felt like we kind of sort of found it for a minute there. It was the first time for many of us that we had ever been a part of a movement like that. And it was good. It felt good. Until shit went sideways. Until those windows started breaking. Until the tear gas canisters started flying. You know, I cannot... I cannot recount this story without emphasizing the fact that... Whatever crowd control techniques are being taught to the police... It only seemed to piss the crowd off. It seemed, if anything, counterproductive. And I'm not trying to, you know, shit on the police here either. I'm just saying they took a bad situation and made it worse. You know, instead of trying to disperse the crowd, maybe they should have just focused on damage control. You know, and said... We're not going to be able to disperse the crowd. We'll just do what we can to protect private property. You know, instead it became a, a warlike mentality of until they disperse, we will hold our ground here, right? They weren't there to protect anybody or anything except themselves. They were defending the police. They weren't defending the city. They weren't defending the property or the business, you know, the businesses. They were protecting themselves. They would have been better off if they had just stayed in their stations. I'm convinced of that. I might be wrong. Perhaps the riots would have ensued anyways, but I'm... I am of the opinion the riots were precipitated. They were exacerbated. They were escalated by police action and possibly by undercover, you know, agent provocateurs who were under direct orders to escalate things. That is what I believe. I might not be I might not be correct. But that's how it feels to me. Now I try to be humble enough to recognize when something's an opinion versus a fact. I know what I saw and I know how I felt. And I know that the violence shouldn't be excused, but it should, if we can, be explained.
Can we understand why this happened so that we might not see it happen again? And it got me thinking, right? You know, I'm going to be having a guest on here soon, and I hope this topic might be part of our discussion, but got me thinking. Instead of just worrying about what happened, right? Got me thinking about where do we go from here? And as a self described anarchist you know I would like to think that you know we could come up with a better situation one that includes the dissolution of the state apparatus but does not exclude law and order and even perhaps democracy. Now, how would we run a city? How would we run a police department without the state, without the apparatus of the state? You know, and I don't have the answers precisely, but that's why I say this is a topic I want to discuss in the future with this, with this guest that'll be coming on, Thomas. You know, he sent me a very interesting article talking about sort of a rational argument for the the democratic core of anarchism that that in order to achieve anarchism we must embrace a direct form of democracy that the only alternative to government would be governance by direct participation you know and I think this is connected to the issue of the riots and of Kyle Rittenhouse because we're talking about all of it we're talking about the state we're talking about the citizenry. We're talking about the private business owner. We're talking about public spaces. And truthfully, the ecosystem. We're talking about the ecosystem that is our cities. And how when there is a disturbance in the ecosystem... There will always be a response. And if we can... You know, I, I'm trying to draw this connection back to the fact that I think the source for these riots was a collective search for meaning, right? George Floyd dies and all of a sudden the whole world sees it happen and says, what can I do about it? And different people respond different ways. Kyle Rittenhouse responds one's way, one way, you know, Gage Gross, 
Groskitch, whatever the fuck, responds one way. I respond one way. You respond one way. We're all searching for meaning in that moment. But if we had already had meaning, if we already were participating in our municipal decisions, say, if we actually had a hands-on, you know, hands-on influence or hands-on role in our public decisions, instead of this bullshit representative democracy, if we had a direct say, hypothetically speaking, do you think we would have rioted or do you think we would have sat and debated? How do we improve police structures? How do we reduce the possibility of this happening? You understand, when you have millions of people who feel like they have no power, what you end up with is riots. trying to show cause and effect here and I'm not saying I'm correct I'm just saying this is my this is my belief this is my opinion that the riots were not so much caused by George Floyd's death as they were caused by the acute lockdown and the longer scale the the wider angle oppression of humans of people the fact that we have been subjugated the fact that we have been basically stripped of all purpose and meaning to a large extent that to me was the cause of these eruptions of anger and violence again i might i might be wrong but i have a feeling that george floyd being killed was was simply the moment the pressure valve flipped and again That is not to downplay or, what's the word, obfuscate anybody's responsibility. You know, anybody that committed a, a wrong act should be held responsible for the actions that they committed. But what I'm pointing out is simply the fact that despite us all being ultimately responsible for our individual decisions, we are still a herd species. And we act as such when the herd is upset. You end up with a stampede. So the goal, if our goal is to live well together, in peace, in prosperity, you know, 
freely, if that is the goal, I think we need to ask the question, the core question of how do we help the average person or at least anybody who wants, how do we help people find meaning in their lives? And I believe the answer might be through a direct democracy. You know, a rewriting of the rules in which we are not ruled by representatives, but in which we are able to actually participate in the decision making ourselves. If cities were not ruled by committee, but by the citizens. You know, and fuck the Fed. Let's just make these cities autonomous. Let's make these counties autonomous. Let's rule ourselves, right? If people had meaning, if people had power, if people had sway, do you think they would resort to looting and rioting? You know, I believe that is... That is a symptom of a desperately sick culture. And while individuals should be held accountable for their own actions, as a culture, we need to look at that from a broader point of view as to what caused this. You know, individual opportunism aside, how did this happen? You know, the breakdown of, of our civilization is very much a possibility. We are witnessing serious shit going down. If we're not careful, we, you know, it's like I, I have had to reevaluate my, my craving for chaos. Because I'm, I'm realizing that that is not good. People get hurt when things are too chaotic. You know, what I should always crave is balance. I truly think that it, until we can collectively demand, you know, that we, that we collectively retake the decision making we you know how this is going to play out i do not know it'll take leaders it'll take thought leaders not political leaders but thought leaders as to how we can hold on to institutions right how we can not dissolve into total chaos because that is very much a possibility, as I have seen, as these riots have illustrated, chaos is always waiting to come out. But if we can hold on to institutions while dismantling the power structure that keeps people 
oppressed. If we can dismantle the state without destroying the city. You know, do you follow me? I actually had an interesting interaction with a couple fellas at the bar tonight talking about the neighborhood that I live near, Mars Hill, which is known as a pretty rough side of town. And we got talking, you know, one of these guys used to be a sheriff, sheriff's deputy, I should say. And the other one used to work for the public works department. And they both had tales to tell about Mars Hill. You know, about how the cops don't even like going down there because, you know, people in Mars Hill kind of take care of their own business and you know, how the public works department had to go in there to fix up the sewers and, you know, it was during the time when the whole city was annexing what used to be an autonomous town and how many people didn't like it. Even though the sewer improvements were being taken care of, they didn't want to be part of Indianapolis. They wanted to remain their own town. They figured they'd deal with their own shit. Right? And you know, this this side of town is still pretty rough. I'm not saying what's right or wrong, but it was interesting in that, you know, the, the public works guy was telling me how, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, he said, uh, used to be where the, the road guys, they'd just come in and pave the road and not talk to the sewer guys, and then the sewer guys have to go and tear up the road that just got paved to put in the sewer. He says, you know, we've gotten a hell of a lot better at that over the last 20 or 30 years. And it kind of got me thinking, like, do we really need... You know, we've gotten better and better. Do we need the the state to maintain the structure? You follow me? You know, I think that the state is nothing more than power being exercised against the common man. You know, it's 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 a ruling class who take power and do everything they can to keep it. It's a bureaucracy in which half the bureaucrats are not interested in solving the problem to which their given you know, bureau is, is assigned to. It's they're, they're interested in maintaining their job. We're at a point where these structures are failing us. These state apparatuses are failing us but we don't need to throw the baby out with the bath water right I think we genuinely need to consider rewriting the rules and radical decentralization is scary to some people because it would require active participation, right? If we're going to rewrite the rules, if we're going to change the system, it means we got to do some work. It means we got to, we got to, we got to,
talk about it. We got to discuss it. We got to do the real shit, right? I mean, does anyone else feel like they've been caught in this, in this bullshit cycle where nothing seems to matter, where everything seems so fake? Like, are you ready to stand up and actually accomplish something? You know, I don't think we're going to live in a stateless society in my lifetime, but my hope is that we could maybe lay the foundation for a stateless society for our grandkids, our great-grandkids, you know. Like this stuff about permaculture and this stuff about anarchy, to me it's it's the only way, it's the only way that we can organize that makes any sense. And I see so much wasted effort and angst. You know, it's like we could we could create a better system. If we just quit letting ourselves be convinced all this other stuff matters. If we shed the programming. If we focus on what actually counts. Perhaps we can get a little closer to a just world, right? Like, I don't think I don't think we can just bitch about the things we disagree with. We need to create something better. God damn it. That's what I'm trying to do. So, with that, I'll let you go. This has been Mike the Polymath with the Easy Peasy Podcast. Come back again. <laughs>